This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Baby, my brain is so smart with the knowledge and good stuff inside. Hello, welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And this is our podcast where we share our favorite shows with each other. Yeah, Gilmore Girls. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We haven't seen each other's show, and it's finally time to sit down and watch them together. Because what else is there to do during this time of year? The COVID time of year. You know, this COVID time of year. Yeah, it's everybody's um, least favorite time of year, but it's the whole year this year, so we're watching TV. Yeah, and uh, I think we're liking each other's shows. I didn't like what we watched today as much. We'll get Mm -hmm. to that in detail, but we made a nice big bowl of popcorn, sat down to watch it. It was nice. Our cat loves popcorn. Yeah. He's just eyeing it like a hawk. Does anyone else's cat love popcorn? The buttery, the better. The cheesier, the better. He really loves that, like, smart food, white cheddar popcorn in particular. He's just obsessed with popcorn. And we looked it up. It, like, doesn't hurt them, but, like, also they shouldn't want it. Yeah. We haven't been up to too much since the last podcast, but our neighbor actually loaned us a bunch of the game Mansions of Madness. It's like a horror exploration game. I'm really excited to play that. Now, this is different than Mountains of Madness? It is, although it's the same person who sold me that game. If you haven't checked out the sketch on our YouTube channel about board games, you should. Brian mentions Mountains of Madness, but apparently this is different. Yeah, this is different. Uh, it's very expensive game, so I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it, but uh, it's really cool. I'm excited to play. Yeah, me too. We'll do it pretty soon, and we'll let you know how it went. Do you guys play Arkham Horror games? Let us know. Should we get into the shows? we got a lot to cover. Yeah. We oh, watched yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder, we are doing two episodes of Gilmore Girls right now because Buffy is a shorter season. So this week we watched Gilmore Girls Season 1, Episode 17, The Breakup Part 2, as well as Episode 18, The Third Lorelei. Brian, what happened with The Breakup Part 2? So The Breakup Part 2 is taking place immediately after the events of the previous episode. And it's about Rory dealing or not really dealing with her breakup emotions and making a mistake, maybe? Or making a decision that's going to affect her life? And also about Lorelai coming to terms with her feelings for Max Medina. Apparently they're still there. Thank God Rory pointed that out to us randomly. So yeah, this picks up like right where the other one left off. Yeah, Lorelai and Rory are just like holding each other in the hallway, and Rory goes into, like, you know, evasive mode, like she's not dealing with the problem. She's just like, I can't believe I left my meatball behind. Oh, that was such a fun inside joke. You would have loved that joke. Yeah, she, like, doesn't really tell Lorelai about the breakup. She's just very concerned she forgot the meatball in Dean's shitty car. Yeah, it's her shitty car. He's building it for her. Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, she's obviously focusing on unimportant things to not talk about the breakup. This is frustrating as a viewer because it's like, talk about the breakup, please. I want to know what happened. Because we didn't see it. So we yeah. don't know exactly, I mean, we know why, but we didn't know exactly what happened. So Rory's all like, all right, I've decided to put my whole brain into work and uh, trying to go to college, and I'm going to throw away all of Dean's stuff. Really nice stuff, like her chicken that she's had since childhood, and the dress that her mom made her for the dance, and she's like, take it, throw it away, out of the house, I don't want it. She's being pretty unreasonable. Lorelai's like, well, maybe I'll just put this away, and you don't have to look at it for a while. And Rory's like, throw it away, I'm irrational. But Lorelai doesn't throw it away. Yeah, she's a good mom. She hides it in the closet because she knows Rory might want it later. And I I don't know. I was never one to throw ex-boyfriend stuff away. Were you? Uh, no, I threw all my ex-boyfriend stuff away. Right. But what about your ex-girlfriends? Well, I kept those. <laughs> no, I kept that stuff. I'm a, I'm a pretty nostalgic guy. I mean, I wouldn't like keep it out because that would make you sad. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I have like old 
letters from old boyfriends, and it's kind of fun to look at sometimes. Yeah, it is weird when, like, um, I just find you in the bedroom with the lights out and a candle, and you're just pouring over old letters crying, and I'm I like, know, what but is this? I, it's me time. Yeah, I get it. It's your t- we, all, we all need us time. Right. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom uh, got mad at my brother and I, and we were probably being awful. I don't remember what we were doing. We were fighting over toys. And my mom took the toys away, and she was like, I'm going to throw these away. And my brother and I, honestly, we checked all the trashes in the house for the next, like, three days to see if she threw them away, and she didn't. And then, like, a year later, two years later, my brother was, like, sad about something. My mom was like, hey, I got you some toys. And she just brought up these old toys. Like, we didn't know those were the toys from <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, and she just brought out, like, a garbage bag of toys? Like, you were going to think they were new from the store? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what she was thinking, other than she probably stumbled across them and was like, oh, yeah. Did you call her out? Um... I don't, I think I did. And she was like, no, no, no. If not, you did now. Yeah. Hey, mom, I know that Batman motorcycle was from two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Your brother's just finding out. He's listening like, what? So yeah, Rory, like you said, is up and at him at 6 a.m. the next day. She's got like a list of things her and her mom need to do to distract her from her breakup. Yeah. And her mom is like, let's be reasonable. Maybe you want to just sit home and be sad all day, which is totally what any person would do. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Lorelai says, you should just sit home and just eat all kinds of junk food like ice cream and pizza. And she acts like that's something they don't always do. (laughs) Right, but this time she's going to cry. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) She specifically uses the word wallow. She wants her to wallow. Right. It's the eating part that you got to stop pretending you guys aren't doing that all the time. That's a good observation. You got freaked out when somebody ate a salad in your living room. They're on their way to Luke's and Rory suddenly is like, we can't go this way because this goes by the grocery store and I don't want to see Dean. And we can't go that way because that goes by the school and, and Dean might be going there at some point. Yeah, she doesn't remember Dean's work schedule, but I do. He said it in the last episode that he's working Saturday night. So just go past the grocery store, Rory. Thought you were smart. Don't you listen? So they go through like an alley to get to Luke's? I'm not exactly sure where Luke's is. Also, is Luke's the only place with coffee in this town? I think they have the best coffee. But also, didn't they have coffee before they left? Probably. Okay. Well, I don't know, actually. I have a problem with this scene because it's 6 a.m. when Rory wakes up Lorelai. Yeah. But then, once they're done at Luke's, it's 625, and Lorelai is looking pretty glamorous for 6 a.m., so I have a hard time believing they did all of that in 25 minutes, including her getting pretty. Yeah. And especially because they do this whole, like, detour through the alleyway, and Rory does this, like, weird monologue about looking through people's trash. Maybe there's a shortcut through that alleyway. It just saved a lot of time. True. But Luke's is, like, super busy at 6 a.m., apparently. Luke is not there because he's sleeping in. This also didn't make any sense. Rachel's, like, running the show. And she's like, oh, I let Luke sleep in. He's upstairs. I'm like, Rachel, you're serving all of these people? It's packed. You're the only, like... You need Luke. There's presumably other help. Yeah, maybe. But then she's like, I convinced him with some Tylenol PM that he needed to sleep in or like go back to sleep. He took Tylenol PM in the morning? If so, he'd still be asleep or be very groggy. Maybe the night before? Um, obviously, they slept together the night before. You would think. I'm guessing. Rory's super worried that everyone knows about the breakup. Which is a totally legitimate concern. And everyone totally does. <laughs> yeah. It's a really funny scene when, uh, what's this guy's name? Kirk. Kirk. I've had issues with him before, but this this part was actually very funny. Where he comes in and apologizes for not having warned them about what a bad dude Dean seemed to be to him. He said he didn't like that floppy hair. Yeah. That was one of the first real Kirk moments, I think. For those of you that know Kirk. But Rachel mentions that she might be hanging around for a while, and Lorelai obviously is like, Oh, what now? Luke comes down. Lorelai's like, Hey, Luke. She like fully leans on another man. 
like (laughs) who doesn't seem to notice and he just keeps eating his hash browns or whatever luke's pissed that dean has dumped rory then they see dean walking down the street coming in to get some coffee so luke runs out there and is pushing and shoving him telling he can't come in for coffee and it doesn't give him a reason why. And I thought, I kind of hated this scene a lot, actually. Because Luke could definitely, like, go to jail for this. Like, you can't just go to a 16-year-old kid on the street and start pushing him around. No. They, they try to play it off as, like, a funny Luke thing. Like, oh, he's being so defensive of her, you know, so protective. But it's like, yeah, but, like, you have no idea what happened. And you're assaulting, you're physically assaulting a 16-year-old kid. Not cool. Yeah, you seem to not like Luke. I get he's a quirky character in a quirky universe. And so we're supposed to forgive like, oh, he's emotional. It's okay because like he's got a heart of gold. I agree. That's the case. And I'm sure we'll see that he's got a heart of gold over and over again. But like his emotional displays are are not okay. (laughs) Like you can't do that. Lorelai breaks up the fight. Rory's like, Dean, are you okay? And he's like, I don't want to talk to you. And then she's like, okay. And then he walks out. And they go on like a crazy shopping spree. They get all kinds of stuff they don't need. Not Dean and Rory. That'd be weird. They just decided like a to silent, buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> angry shopping spree. <laughs> no. Lorelai and Rory. Babette has heard the news. She comes over to see if Rory's okay. That was a funny line. Yeah, she's like, you just got to be with all the wrong guys before you meet the right guy. I've dated some awful men. Awful men. I got pushed out of a moving car once. That was funny. That's a great Babette impression you're doing, too. It was not bad, right? No, I liked it. I could have committed harder to it, probably, but I got scared. (laughs) Rory overhears this, and she's sad, and she decides she's going to go to the party. She, like, opens up a textbook. Inside's the invitation from an episode ago. That's the whole reason that we saw Madeline in the last episode, to plant that invitation. Yeah, that was that scene with Madeline and Louise. (gasps) You remember? Yeah. Only because Louise was said in the second episode, and I was like, remember this. There was a couple times in the first episode where they only said Madeline's name, and you were so mad. I was like, say the other one's name because you weren't helping me. Uh, Lane's going to go to the party with Rory somehow. Yeah, Lane can't even go to like movies and she's going to this party at like a rich person's house. They're getting ready to go and Rory realizes she forgot to put away her cornstarch. This is the cornstarch that she accidentally stole after she kissed Dean for the first time. So she's like, Mom, throw this away with the other stuff. So Lorelai puts it with the other breakup stuff in the closet. But then she sees her own little breakup box, which has quite a few things from Max Medina in it. Like, he's been there, like, once? I don't know if it was all Max Medina stuff. The only thing in there that we recognize is the book that he gave her. Rory asks Lorelai if she can borrow her car, and Lorelai's like, of course you can borrow my car. But then Lorelai's just like, oh, I've like got to go see Max Medina. So she goes to Suki's to get Suki's car. This is a lot going on in this town. Now, Suki is in a fun situation. Jackson, the fruit guy, he's in the kitchen cooking, and she is outside the kitchen, like, fretting over the sound she hears. He kicked her out because he said that he was going to make her dinner to be romantic but then she was like criticizing everything he's doing because she's sort of uh, like Monica from Friends she's like a, a very type of A when it comes to cooking and a chef like Monica yeah exactly it's kind of funny because he is doing like this very sweet thing but they're having like a like fight a fight yeah. this is the first time we see Suki's house too I think yeah and like it's the first time that Lorelai and Suki together where Suki like talked about herself <laughs> yeah it was like a very Suki focused Suki scene she goes to Max mm-hmm. she's realized she's like not taking her own advice because she's not wallowing over Max she's not over him she doesn't process that yeah and she sort of says this to him in the doorway I kind of don't remember this episode super well We should just say, Brian and I love both of these shows, but neither of us have, like, watched them a million times. Right. I've probably seen every episode, but there's maybe some I've only seen once. Some of them I've probably seen four or five times. 
the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of the same with Buffy, right? I've seen Buffy all the way through once, and then I've seen some episodes multiple times. I've seen at least the first like three seasons twice. Yeah, I think it's very similar with Gilmore Girls for me too. I caught the earlier episodes on repeats a lot more than I saw the later seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, my point being, I don't remember all the episodes perfectly, so I didn't really remember what happened. I was kind of thinking there might be a girl in there with him. Yeah. Because he kind of just didn't say much for a long time mm-hmm. while she monologued. But there wasn't, and they no. start touching real quick. Yeah, they're like animals. They can't stay off of each other. They have sex. Yeah, in the bed. Yeah, that means it's for real. She says something like, I didn't come here for that. And we're like, whoa, what did they do? Sex with the lights on. Yeah. I mean, the lights were on in that bedroom when we flash back to them. But she thought they were going to be off. Yeah, that's not why she came there. <laughs> then he's trying to be reasonable, like, come on, we can't make this work. None of this makes sense. You can make this work. You can have a secret relationship as far as the school's concerned until Rory gets out of that class. Just don't kiss again at school. Yeah, it, it does seem like there's a simple solution. But I guess the way they act around each other, maybe they would just have to make out in front of Rory in her class. Yeah, they would just have to. I really think that they needed to like drop some more Max clues in some of those like Christopher and Luke-focused episodes. This, yeah. this really feels like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, because she was like sleeping with Christopher two episodes ago, just talking about how she's always going to love him. And then the next episode, she's like, I miss Max, which is like, okay, what about those last two episodes? It's very jarring. Maybe if you're watching it once a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're almost watching it once a week. We're watching two a week right now. So I guess it's a little more bingy. But I guess if you hadn't seen Max for a month or two, you'd miss Max too. I guess they sort of justify it, right? Like Rory, she's just acted like this wasn't an issue. Yeah. Like she hasn't dealt with her emotions. So I guess there's that. Maybe that's why she wasn't sure if she liked Luke because she'd been thinking about Max. But then she should have said that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so Rory is at this party, and it is like, it's one of those television shows slash like teen movie parties where there's just like so many kids. I don't think I ever went to a party like this. Like maybe once. I also wasn't like a popular rich kid, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't think people had parties this big. Like they wouldn't invite the whole school. There was a lot of kids here. And some teachers maybe? There was like 45-year-old people walking through in the back. Yeah, when they were doing casting, they're like, it's a teen party. We have 30 teens and we have 10 full-blown adults. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just put them in the background. Just look close. There's some old people at this party. Yeah. Um, so they're they're having a good time. Lane is there. Shouldn't be. I have no idea why Lane's there. I guess maybe her mom knew it was going to be chaperoned by all these older men and That's women. That's true. So. Paris is there, but she like wants to leave, but her mom's making her stay till 1030 to be social. Tristan's there with his girlfriend, and she's being ridiculous. She was like locked in the bathroom with some guy for a while, and she's like, I don't need to tell you, my boyfriend, what I was doing in this bathroom. And she won't dance with him. And Tristan's like, come on, talk to me. And she's like, uh, you know what? Like, maybe we're not together. And she, like, breaks up with him in front of everybody. Poor Tristan. God, we're supposed to feel bad for this monster kid. Do you think we are? I think so. Maybe not. I don't know. That girl's pretty terrible. So it's, like, good. I mean, I think they had to make her terrible. They had to make her cartoonishly charisma carpenter Cordelia evil to, like, make Tristan be sympathetic. Yeah. At least Rory feels bad for Tristan because he's all dejected and he has to go to the huge but somehow empty piano room. Meanwhile, Lane has met a guy. She's met this guy named Kevin. I know names. It's Henry. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I swear it was Kevin. (laughs) So she's with Kevin. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's Henry. Yeah, she points out that there's like one other Korean guy at this party. And of course, he notices her and she's not thrilled about that. But he comes up and is like, you want to dance? She's like, Ugh, I'll do this one dance, I guess. Cut to them deeply in love. Yeah, Lane's biggest issue is that this kid's too perfect. He's exactly what the parents want, and she's attracted to him, and he's funny. Uh, and I know that means that this kid's not going to be in the show for that long, right? Because it was too simple a solution for Lane's character. I mean, Lorelai was going to get married at 16. Why can't Lane? That's true. That's true. Her mother would love it. So Rory goes in there, and he's like, I bet you like that, huh? Watching me get kicked down a peg in front of everybody. And she's like, no, I'm a good person. He apologizes to her for all the things he's done wrong. It's not enough. She accepts. I don't accept. And then... You were like, Rory, no, no, go home, no, no. Because you knew where this was going, like, as soon as she decided to go to this party. Yeah. Listen, I had had a little wine, and so I was a little upset that Tristan and Rory were going to... I knew this was going to happen. I wish you guys could have been there for this part. He loves the show so much. He's so invested, drinking his rosé and his jammies, yelling at the TV. I knew they were going to hook up the second she was going to this party. You knew this is where this was going. And then... They have sex on the piano. Yeah, and then she wakes up and she's like, I didn't come here for this. Lights are on the whole time. We lied. They didn't do that. They had like a little bitty kiss and she's like, um, I've got to go. She starts crying immediately and like, Lane, we've got to go. And Lane's like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, Kevin, can we stay? And Kevin's like, yeah, one more dance. Also him, Henry. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys at this party. <laughs> <laughs> you, man, I just, I don't, guys, my brain is so smart, but not with names. <laughs> It did sound like a real well put together sentence, huh? The syntax there yeah. was great. Your brain is so smart, baby. Baby, my brain is so smart with the knowledge and good stuff inside. Okay, so Rory's like, we gotta go, Lane. And Lane's like, oh, this is serious. So they go. So Lorelai comes home and she sees her daughter. I don't know if she just bought this ice cream because it's like all gone. She's- I didn't know Ben and Jerry's made gallon pails, but she's on her second one. Yeah, I, you, I don't know how you could eat that much and not get sick. Phys- like, there's just not possible. You can't drink a gallon of milk. You can't eat a gallon of ice cream. I'm guessing they already had both and she was just alternating flavors. That's true. They're always eating ice cream and pizza. So Rory's like, I'm ready to wallow, Mom. And they sit down and she orders a pizza and holds her daughter, which is nice mirroring, even though it's physically different, of when Rory held Lorelai after Lorelai originally broke up with Max Medina. So Lorelai did wallow. Yeah, I guess she did wallow, but yeah, she wallowed. Lorelai orders a pizza. What time is it? It, You know what? It's very late. Because yeah. Paris left the party at like 10.30. Oh, yeah. And Rory was probably half hour away and a whole bunch of stuff happened after Paris left because she... I mean, she kissed Tristan after Paris was gone. I don't understand why Lorelai So it's like after midnight, probably, and she's ordering a pizza? Yeah. I guess that's possible, but not in a small town, maybe. Does she just know? Is she calling the pizza guy's house? She does say the dude's name on the phone. Yeah, she just said, hey, it's Lorelai, one with everything, no other information. Yeah, I mean, I think she actually says the guy's name. I think she's like, hey, Tom, or whatever his name is. It's Joe. It's probably Kevin, honestly. I think it's Joe. Is it? You're probably right. I don't know. I looked it up. It's Joe. Okay. I lied. I knew it's Joe. I didn't look it up. (laughs) Better not be Topanga. All right. So then we watch the third Lorelai. What's that one about, Boo? This episode's about Richard's mother, Lorelai, where Lorelai and Rorelai get their names. I almost said Rorelai as a joke earlier. It's funny that you said that. Yeah, it's pretty clever. We both have big, good brains that do stuff. So it's an introduction to this character, and also it's about the relationship Emily has with controlling Lorelai's life. Like every episode. Yeah. This one's a little more extreme, though, I think. But we get to see a different side of Emily. Richard comes in. He's super pumped because his mom is coming next week. This dude is clearly a mama's boy. 
Oh, also in this scene, the maid's name is Siri. Yeah, that's right. So Emily's just like yelling a string of commands. Like, Siri, clear the table. Siri, wash the dishes. And it's very funny because they did not know that in about 10 years, there would be a robot that we all are friends with that we can tell to do things. Do you think next week the new server's name will be Alexa? Maybe Google Home. But it becomes very clear very quickly that Emily is not pumped about Lorelai, most senior, coming to visit. No. But I mean, does anyone like their mother-in-law? I do. <laughs> I'm in on TV. <laughs> I am not wed, so um, I will never have a mother-in-law. Go! Just moving right along, everybody, into this podcast. Next part of the episode. Uh, it says here we're supposed to talk about, is 10 years too long to be just friends? <laughs> <laughs> we're just friends. I guess that makes sense, because every single night you say, I didn't come here for this. <laughs> and then I turn off the lights. Uh, anyway, so, so the next scene is uh, Emily, like, going through all the stuff in the basement. She's got to find everything her mother-in-law has gifted her over the last couple of years, and she's stressing out about it. And it's, this, this scene is actually very funny. Yeah, apparently she doesn't like any of the gifts that she gets from her, so they're all put away. But Lorelai is, like, leaning on these two big stone dogs and has, like, a running conversation with them. Yeah, and obviously Lorelai is just, like, eating up Emily's discomfort. It's mm -hmm. just like, I love this. Very funny. So Rory and Paris and co, which I know what the co is, guys. It's Madeline and Louise. Mm -hmm. They're working on their student government project. Yeah, they have to make their own government. Paris is being super type A about this. She can tell that there's something going on with Rory and Tristan. Yeah, she tells them they should be the king and the queen. And they're like, uh, why would we do that together? We're not in love. Yeah, we don't look each other in the eyes ever. We never kiss. Uh, 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 the piano room. So Rory's What about like, the piano room, Tristan? <laughs> Rory's like, Tristan, we have to talk. Tristan's talking about swearing off girls after this whole thing. And Rory's like, there's no way you could do that because, you know, you're a sexaholic and you have a problem and you should seek help about it. Uh, she didn't say that last stuff. No, she But she does that. suggest maybe he should date someone smart like Paris. Specifically. She's trying to, like, pitch Paris to him. And he's all like, oh, man, I don't know, man. I'm swearing off girls. Uh, do you want to kiss again? And she's <laughs> like, no, I don't want to kiss again, which I'm a little confused by. I feel like she would, might maybe want to. Maybe I'm confused because presumably most of the women he date go to the school. Yeah. And shouldn't all the women be smart here? Yeah. Like, Madeline and Louise don't seem into school. Yeah. But, it, like, the dean made it very clear that you need to do a good mm -hmm. job or you're out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just, like, a money thing. I think you also have to do well. Rory also says that uh, the kiss was good when he was like, oh, I'm sorry about the kiss. And she's like, no, it was good. But it was like it was like a two-second kiss it while you were crying. It ended in tears. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? Was that a real good one? How bad a kisser's dean? Does his mouth taste like car? At the end, Lorelai gets a phone call from Emily. She's like, you've got to bring this old hat rack. This was a gift from Richard's mother to Emily that Emily realized she gave to Lorelai like five years ago. Lorelai gives her a hard time for giving her a secondhand gift, which, yeah, shut up, Emily. But she also says, this is important, that the hat rack was in the crate. They never used it. Uh, that, that is important. On their way to Emily's, Rory warns her mother not to take too much joy in her mother's discomfort. And Lorelai's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't love it too much, but you know, it's great. So they do bring the hat rack. They sneak it in. Emily's like there to greet them and drags the hat rack in to like get it in the proper place before grandma notices. But they're like trying to get in the exact right spot. Emily's like, we should have put tape down. She's going to know. But it was never there. How is she going to know where it shouldn't be? Exactly. It was never there. I rewatched the scene when, with the phone call just to make sure that we didn't miss something. But I don't 
did she like take a picture of it in the lobby and send it to grandma to show like, hey, we're using it? Yeah, and then just like set it in the crate and send it back That's to- That's all I can think of. But I'm like, she wouldn't have known where it was. See how important that was? It's important, guys. So now we get to meet Grandma Lorelai. This woman is great. I like this character. You do? Mm-hmm. Richard calls her tricks, which is a weird thing. Richard is like so out of character here. He's just like, such a little sycophant for his mom. He loves her so much. This is like when Giles gets a book. Can't put it down. Yeah, he's just, just like, carrying oh, around my everywhere. Mother. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> she asks them if they're healthy, and they say yeah, and she's like, okay, you must have mostly Gilmore blood because you're not sick all the time like Emily. Yeah, God, she, that was like immediately like, oh, Grandma Lorelai's a bad person, and maybe into eugenics? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, where are you? She's a... You she, hiding in London? She's got some pretty traditional views, I would say. <laughs> she does, but like eugenics is a little weird. Uh, but she's super mean to Emily in this scene. And it's it's really hard to feel bad for Emily because Emily is pretty terrible to Lorelai most of the time. Yeah, and Emily just like takes it. <laughs> so it's like, does Emily deserve it? Or is this woman worse than Emily? It's both. It makes for good comedy because we don't feel bad for Emily. So it's like, yeah, say whatever you want to her. And it's a super funny joke. Lorelai makes a joke and Grandma Lorelai's like, oh, was that a joke? Good for you. And clearly she like liked it and approved. It was like a robot hearing a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that a lot. And then at dinner, Rory says that she's thinking of going to Harvard. Oh, no. And Grandma's like, Harvard? Gilmore's go to Yale. Everyone goes to Yale. Your father was a Yale man. His father was a Yale man. And Lorelai says something like... Rory can be whatever kind of man she wants to be. And Grandma's like, that's enough jokes. Yeah, and that totally works, too, on Lorelai. She's just like, oh, mm-hmm, jokes are done. I wish I could say this to Lorelai sometimes. <laughs> so Rory and her classmates are working all weekend on this project. And the next day, Tristan comes in and is like, hey, Paris, can I talk to you? And asks her out. Mm. Which Paris just, like, sort of announces to everyone really loud. Like, Yeah, Tristan's, like, right over there. That'd be super weird to, like, announce it right after he asks you. But I think we've established that Paris is, like, unaware of how not to say stuff for everyone in the room to hear. Like, at that party where she's like, I'm here with my cousin. Is that what you're going to tell everyone? It's like, you just did. So Paris is, like, super excited. Uh, she's going to go out with Tristan. But she has no idea what she's doing. So that night, Paris comes over to Rory's house and is like, here's all of my clothes, which is not very many clothes, no. honestly. So she's like, come upstairs, and she finds an outfit out of her mom's clothes, and it's like, you'll look great in this, and it fits. I don't know how any of this makes sense, because um, Lorelai and her mother are both very tall and have very different busts than Paris, so I don't feel like this outfit would fit. I think it makes sense, because Lorelai is taller, mm-hmm. torso's bigger, mm-hmm. but Paris's boobs are bigger. I would say her boobs are similar in size to Lorelai's. Let's talk about everyone's boobs. What do you think of Miss Patty's boobs. Okay, Miss Patty's boobs are fucking great. Okay, Madeline. I mean, she's always got that sweater vest on. I can't tell. Rachel. She's she's great. Does, we can cut all of that. I, I don't want to be talking about genitals. <laughs> oh, no, man. I have to leave it in. <laughs> the listeners are like slapping their foreheads. They're so mad that I said that. I didn't mean it. Boobs aren't genitals. Paris also has a bunch of note cards ready for the date of topics to talk about. And Rory's like, you don't need note cards, okay? And Paris is like, okay, I'll do, I'll do my best. But it goes well. The next day, Paris is like gushing about how excited she was. He kissed her goodnight? And she, she didn't cry, which is weird for a kiss from him. But she goes up to Tristan and she's like, I had a great time. I had a great time. I had such a great time. I had such a great time. Did I tell you I had a great time? Can't wait to do it again. He's like, yeah, let's do it again as friends. I don't like Tristan, but I don't blame him for being like, you're a bit much right now, Paris. Mm-hmm. You show up at her date wearing way oversized clothes. They just don't seem like a good couple. I, I don't know that Paris would be good with anybody. Does she end up with Luke? Okay. She ends up. Is it Jackson? That's the only other person. Eh, warmer. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. 
Okay. You don't know this person. Yeah, I do. Who? It's Rune, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Rune was coming back. <laughs> if anyone talks he does as freely back. as Paris, it's Rune. <laughs> they would definitely, that would be a good date. I don't know if they'd be a good couple, but I would watch that scene. <laughs> it's going to be the loudest date imaginable. The Just most- two people. Honest date. <laughs> <laughs> Saying everything they feel about each other to everyone in the room. Oh, I like that. We're shipping Rune in Paris. Yeah. Paris is short, so Rune's on board already. That's his one requirement. Listen, Paladinos, if there's another revival, yeah. make this happen. Paris is just broken. She's just like, what? I, friends? I thought we were going to get married and have kids and everything. And she's upset about it, and she finds out that Rory is the one that suggested they go on a date. So she blows up at Rory again in front of everybody. She says she hates her. Yeah, which I don't even really understand. I guess, you know, Paris is upset and she doesn't handle her emotions well. Is she Luke's kid? Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Okay, just stop. (laughs) (laughs) There's either something going on here or, like, the tea's almost done. (laughs) Tristan's like, well, is it right of me to date someone when I like somebody else? And Rory's like, oh, your ex-girlfriend? He's like, oh, mm." I don't remember his line here, but he's essentially like, no, it's you, girl. Lorelai's got to go back to her parents' house on Saturday because her grandma insists on her coming over. She's brought a rabbit over from London that she wants to cook because Emily doesn't know how to cook. Even though Emily doesn't cook, the cooks cook. I don't really understand when people compliment rich people's dinner that someone else made and they say thank you. Sorry, that was a rant. I just had to get out. It is. It's like, mmm, what a great meal you had someone else prepare for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe they found the recipe and told them how to make it or, like, suggested what to make. But it just feels weird to give Emily credit for something she doesn't make. And we've made it clear Emily doesn't know how to work an oven. Yeah. You pointed out that there was a fun line in here, right, where Richard says something about his mother, and then Lorelai Sr. is like, you talk about me like I'm dead. Yes. In one of the early episodes, he talks about his mother, but he said, like, she was a great equestrian or something like that. So I think this was like a a wink to how they brought her back to life, essentially. Like, they were aware they wrote her dead, and now they wanted her to be alive. It was also weird, because what he said didn't seem like past tense stuff at all, either, in this episode. No, the line that prompted her to say that doesn't really make sense, to prompt her to say that. In this scene, we find out two things. One, that Lorelai Sr. thinks loans are dirty. Hmm. Eugenics. Hmm. She's a Nazi. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of clues here that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then also she's like, I'm setting up a trust fund for your daughter. I was going to let her get it at 25, but I guess I could give it to her now so that she could just pay her school with it. So, of course, Lorelai Middle is like, (laughs) I'm so excited for this. This is amazing. But Emily's not so keen on this idea. Emily starts being like, well, you know, as soon as you give her that money, she's not going to need you. She's going to move out. She's going to stop talking to you. And Lorelai's like, no, she won't. That's not the relationship we have. You have no idea what you're talking about. And Emily just keeps stressing this, just panicking on her way out. Yeah, getting more and more specific. Like, she's going to go on that trip to Europe without you. That's, I think, what really gets to Lorelai. And which is silly, though, because they've been so close. Like, it would take at least a while for that to happen. Yeah, but really, it's selfish of Emily. This is super clear. Emily clearly is projecting because she's a upset that Lorelai is not going to come visit her anymore because she'll have no obligation to because she doesn't right. she's not financially indebted to her parents and she says as much to Richard and Richard's suddenly like oh yeah that 
Oh. So Lorelai's got like yet another obligation with grandma. It's a full weekend of grandma time. They're about to go to the tea place and grandma's like, I ordered a car. Women shouldn't drive. (laughs) (laughs) Women shouldn't drive, especially not to places to vote. (laughs) At tea, Emily's just like, Lorelai, did you tell your daughter yet? Huh? Did you tell her about the money? I was like, no, I haven't told her. And Emily's like, that's because I was right. I got you, huh? I got you. You know she's going to not need you if you give her that money. And at this point, Emily went from like, Sort of being a sympathetic character this episode. At some point, you start to feel bad for her after, like, blow after blow after blow. But at this point, you're like, oh, no, you're a bad person, Emily. This, yeah. You're a Tristan. But, I mean, she might be right. Maybe Lorelai wouldn't come. I understand that, but I feel like the good thing to do, the right thing, is to just sit down and be like, hey, I want you to be part of our lives, and I understand that you financially were obligated to come, but I want to tell you that I, I want to see you more. Like, we love you, and we miss you. That's true. That You're right. She should do that. And maybe, yeah, it's not going to be every Friday because she doesn't have to, but I feel like only a terrible person wouldn't acquiesce to that request. And I do feel like if she had just told Lorelai the real reason she was concerned, maybe Lorelai would even be like, you know what? I'll come once a month. So just holding this over her head is, I don't know, I don't, it was bad. It made me really dislike Emily. Grandma walks in on the fight and is like, fine, nobody gets the money. And now Emily feels bad. She messed up and she knows it. Like she cost Rory a lot of money and she's like offers to have Richard try to fix it. And Lorelai says no. I don't know why. She's forgiven her mom a little, I guess. Maybe yeah. she feels bad for how berated her mom has been this whole episode. Yeah, it was just weird. It's a, it's it's not like a small amount of money. No, we'll reveal it later. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the amount of money until the end of the episode, but it's like that's so much money. There's no, to not let your daughter have that money is absurd. But maybe Lorelai also is worried about Rory not spending as much time with her once she gets the money. Yeah, and maybe that's the case. I don't know. And then the final scene, Rory and Lorelai are walking down the street and Rory's like, hey, Paris and I aren't friends anymore, so you're probably never going to get that mini skirt back, which is insane. If I were Paris, I would still sneak that skirt back to Rory at school somehow or like have someone give it to her. Yeah, it's not even Rory's. It's her mom. And she felt guilty about taking it? I think she'd give it back. But this is where we find out how much money it was. $250,000. Yeah. She's like, by the way, you lost out on a quarter million dollars today. What? Unreal. That's a lot. Because Emily wanted her Friday dinners. I don't know if she's not going to get that money, though, at some point. Like, she was going to make a trust for her at 25. Like, maybe she's still going to do that. I don't right. Know. It seems like Lorelai and Rory will both get money when this woman dies, for sure. Yeah. Like, a lot of money. Yeah, Emily ain't getting it. So, Stacey, what would you think of those episodes? Were those good episodes? Um, yeah. I-, I think pairs that we've watched recently have been a little better. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed this one. I think the third Lorelai one was fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of funny jokes and banter with Grandma. Mm-hmm. She she's a lot. She's intense. She's a cartoon character, but it was fun to see Emily's buttons pushed in a different way. Yeah, it's always fun to see a character through another lens. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the Tristan stuff. I don't like any of that really. Yeah, me either. I'm team Tristan moves away. Mm, um, they weren't bad, but they weren't my favorite. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharted. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're gonna discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. And a bunch of our own theories. Yeah, there's a whole canon we've invented and it's getting a little hard to keep track of. So, Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 1, Episode 17, that 70s episode, 
To protect themselves from a power-stealing warlock, the sisters time-traveled to the 1970s where they encounter their mother and grandmother. Okay, are these all going to be themed around TV shows from the 90s now? It's just weird that they went with a full-blown That 70s Show crossover, you know? Immediately after a Who's Line crossover. And I bet Steve Urkel made the time machine. Obviously, that's what they used. This isn't a magic episode. They didn't say they traveled in time using a spell. They probably took Salem the Cat. Probably, yeah. Just, like, be your own show, Charmed. So when they encounter their mother and grandmother, like, what are they doing? I bet they're also very, um, what's the word? Thirsty women? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure this episode was really funny because they saw people's outfits and were like, look at this. And it's a big laugh. And meanwhile, on Charmed Season 1, Episode 18, when bad warlocks turn good, Prue befriends a soon-to-be priest but discovered that he has a dark past. Meanwhile, Phoebe plays matchmaker for Piper. So Piper's not with the dog anymore? Piper is so freaking thirsty. Also, I'm guessing this priest used to be a warlock since it's in the title. There's a lot of warlocks in Charmed. Oh yeah, that makes sense because now he's a good priest. But if you're a warlock, meaning like you do magic, you know magic's real, how can you be a priest? The Bible doesn't talk a lot about magic. Right, 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 right. Not in this regard. So his dark past is just that he was a warlock? I've actually decided to ascribe to a completely different belief system that my previous actions have proven to be false. Also, how does Prue meet him? It says she befriends him. Is she going to church? Because that also is weird for a witch to go to church. It's weird for a witch to befriend a priest in general. Yeah, and isn't she like super busy with the baking show right now? They're on like episode four. I mean, I guess she has a lot of downtime between all the tastings. Yeah. So maybe that he was just on set. That's true. This is before they were in the bubble. Yeah, he was probably just there in case somebody died. Yeah, he's a good baker. And Eric, when he's at home, he enjoys casting dark spells. And being a priest. He's making a rosemary focaccia. Is that what you think British people sound like? No, it's not. But it's not going to be better. I mean, I hope no one on the baking show dies and Eric, the priest, has to take over. That's what? I'm I'm British now. I'm I'm in the show. You're a little... Orphan British boy? Okay, I'm not great at accents, guys. I can do a few of them, but most of them end up eventually turning into Christopher Walken. This is 100% true. It's our biggest fight. It's not. <laughs> it's so hard. We do a lot of takes when I have to do an accent. This has been Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. So since we only have one episode of Buffy left, we're holding on to it. And this week, we watched the Buffy the Vampire Slayer 1992 movie. The movie the whole show is based off of. And it's kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good. Let's start by saying this. I saw this movie before I saw the show, and I really liked it as a kid. Buffy's a popular high school girl who learns that she is a slayer, and she's got a watcher that, like, helps train her, and she defeats this, like, ancient vampire that she has fought through many lifetimes. So the Slayer is reincarnated. We should say that the television series is loosely based on this movie. Because there's a lot of, like, facts in this movie that are just not true of the show. Like, vampires just fly in the movie. And that's not how they act in the show at all. Also, the Watcher role is very different. And I don't think that Buffy gets reincarnated. I think just he gets reincarnated over and over again. But I think she shares some sort of, like, psychic link with the previous Slayers. Yeah, he makes it clear that he is reincarnated. But she also, like, remembers the other lifetimes. In her dreams, yeah. 
So I, that's unclear. Does Giles get reincarnated? No, I mean, that's the rest different. of the Watchers are different. That's so. like passed down from his family, and there's not just one Watcher. You've said there's a Watcher's Council. Yeah. But I liked the, the training aspect of this. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool, because like Giles barely trains Buffy. But I guess because this movie theoretically happened before the series, she's been trained. I feel you had a really good point, though. This Buffy, Christy Swanson, just seems so much more athletic mm-hmm. and like believable as like a physical fighter. Yeah, she's like, I shouldn't say she's like super muscular, but she's seems athletic and like strong. Where Sarah Michelle Gellar is like very tiny and is just not really believable when she fights. Yeah. Where I like bought this girl as like a tough chick. Yeah, when the movie starts, we're introduced to Buffy. She's like Cordelia ridiculously shallow popular, super vapid. She's got a whole gaggle, including Hilary Swank. They're at the mall. They're better than everybody. They're dumb. This is where she meets the Watcher. He, like, stops her from getting on the elevator. And she's like, okay, old man. She's just so mean to the stranger for getting on an elevator. Yeah, for holding the door for a second. They just berate his clothes. They go to a movie. There's some boys behind them that are mad because they're, like, talking through the whole thing. These boys will be important later. One of these boys is David Arquette. And he quickly becomes a vampire. Yeah, pretty much immediately he becomes a vampire. He and Luke Perry are sort of outcasts. They seem to be a little older than high school age. I'm not really sure. Also, They're alcoholics for sure. Yes. We should also mention that Buffy is a senior in this, even though she's a sophomore in the show. This is like her last year of high school, so she's a little older. Paul Rubens is like the second vampire in command. And Rutger Hauer is the main vampire. Yeah. He's like the master of the movie. Yeah, he definitely got a big master vibe from him. They're both very old, and they've been dealing with the Slayer for a long time. Yeah, I guess he's been killing tons of Slayers uh, throughout history. So Buffy's a cheerleader. She's doing gymnastics in the gym just for funsies. And Giles of this movie, what's his name? Merrick. Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) No, Donald Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland comes in. She slays Kiefer, and then Donald (laughs) shows up. Donald Sutherland is just being an old man watching a teenage girl do gymnastics, which is not allowed as far as I'm aware for a man to just enter the gym and watch the children tumble. Yeah, not to mention he's wearing a trench coat. There's a lot of like red flags here. (laughs) He's like, come with me to the graveyard. No more info right now. I know about your mole. (laughs) But he convinces her by telling her he knows her dreams. And she's like, okay, let's go. So they go to the graveyard and she starts having cramps, which is, I guess, how... I forgot about this, but in the movie, cramps are how the Slayer could tell vampires are around. Yeah, I guess in the show she just says she has like spidey sense. I'd say most of the time they don't even like utilize that like gift she has. But I guess it's a way to let us know that vampires are nigh because she starts holding her tummy. What an interesting choice. But like she's immediately good at killing these vampires that pop out of the ground. And he's like, I knew it. You're the girl. She doesn't want this. She just wants to be a teenager. So she doesn't show up to the meeting they scheduled the next day. We need to talk about this. First off, if you found out you were the Slayer, even if you're a vapid idiot, you're not going to be like, well, my cheerleader practice is really important. You might be like, um, the dead are coming back. Should I be afraid every moment of my life? I don't know. I think when you're that age, like, I was thinking about this recently, like, my niece is in high school and her senior year is, like, ruined because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, she's not thinking, like, but when I'm 34, I won't care about that. Yeah. She's just like, my life is ruined right now. I don't have any idea of what it means to be an adult with real world consequences. I suppose, but, like, the dead are coming back to life. That's sort of a big deal. (laughs) But maybe she just figures, like, 
Actually, I do. I think she thinks that Donald Sutherland can deal with that right now. Which is also another problem in this movie, I feel like. Vampires don't seem that hard to kill for anybody. Like, Donald Sutherland's like, chill, I'm going to kill this vampire myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Luke Perry can kill vampires. Yeah, it's almost like the vampires are pretty fragile in this movie. To convince her, he throws a knife at her head and she catches it, which like proves that you've got special powers. And I guess that works and they have a training montage. Yeah, they train for an afternoon and then she's great. Mm-hmm. I should point out that we had to take a nap about a half hour into this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it was boring. We were just tired. We'd just eaten and we were falling asleep. We were up late the night before watching Gilmore Girls and I had to get up for work this morning. So yeah, we were both like, can we just take a little nap on the couch? Yeah. So yeah, we, we came back in, refreshed. <laughs> Rewound a little bit, ready to go. Oh my God. The master eats a cat? That's when I noticed I was dozing off because I heard a cat meowing and I thought it was ours. I was like, oh, what? Ruben. Oh, what's his name, Paul Ruben? Pee Wee Herman. So Pee Wee Herman, he is <laughs> trying to bring the master back because I guess he's hibernating, I guess. He is like making his army grow again. Mm. He's turning a bunch of teens into vampires. Oh, right, right. Like uh, Luke Arquette. Nope, nope. Luke Arquette is what happens when you combine the two of them. But he wants Luke Perry as well. And Luke Perry like cuts his arm off in the process. Yeah, it's weird because it seems like he's after Luke Perry specifically and the master even mentions that to him. It's not clear why. Luke Perry's just a dude. It might make sense for his like friend who becomes a vampire to have like a special vendetta against him. But like, what does Pee Wee Herman care about this one guy? Luke Perry like breaks his arm off by hitting a tree with his car. Pee Wee Herman is totally fine. And him and some brand new vamps start attacking him. And Buffy comes in to save the day. They go back to Buffy's place. Buffy talks about how hard her life is now, that she's a vampire and everything's just so... Vampire Slayer. She's not a vampire now. Yes. And everything's just like so weird. She's like, and then you find yourself just like telling all this to a strange man. And he's like, you think I'm a man? Who are you calling a man? What? And we're like, why is he, is he offended? Also, like, you look like an adult, man. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think what we determine is that he's maybe like a 20-year-old, so it's just a little weird for him to be like a man, because she is maybe slightly younger, and he thinks of himself as a, a young, young person still. Yeah. But we don't know how old he is. He doesn't go to their school. He could be 30. We don't know. Yeah. Buffy dates Angel, who's like 1,200. 200-something, baby. But I mean, he's also like 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking. Yeah. He became vampire at 30. So he spends the night in the living room. I guess Buffy's mom doesn't care. Buffy's mom has a couple of funny lines in this movie, actually. And is the actor important? Because she's got her own credit and she's got like two lines in this movie. <laughs> when the movie ends, it's just Buffy's mom played by this actress. And then like a long pause before we list anyone else. Candy Clark is the actress. Let us know if you know Candy Clark. Because we do not. You were pointing out that this Buffy mom is very different than the show Buffy mom, but both of them are like pretty checked out of their daughter's lives. I agree with that. But Joyce in the show seems to like maybe care about her daughter a little bit. Yeah. Joyce in the movie is just like, it's like the actress herself was like, I'm done with this scene. Bye. Yeah. Buffy came home really late and she's like, do you know what time it is? Like we think she's going to be mad at Buffy, but she really just needed to know the time because she had somewhere to be. It was probably the best joke in the movie. Maybe that's why she got first billing. (laughs) Yeah, She was like the best, the only laugh we got. Can we talk about her boyfriend and friends real quick? Sure. Buffy's got this boyfriend that's terrible. He's just like super possessive of her. And there's this scene where this other male friend of theirs grabs her ass in front of 
the whole group, including her boyfriend. And she, like, uses her super strength to, like, shove him up against the locker. And then her boyfriend's like, don't touch my thing. All of this is weird. You can't just grab a woman's ass, A. You especially shouldn't do it right in front of her boyfriend. But then, on top of that, her boyfriend's, like, super creepy, calling her his. And then she essentially, like, pushes him away. And I'm like, okay, I guess there may be not a couple anymore. Yeah, this whole scene was so problematic. There's a nice scene where Buffy finally, like, opens up to her watcher and Merrick, like, kind of tells her about his sad life and how he's never put his life on the line, no matter how important the girl was. Wink, wink to camera. I wonder if that'll happen in the movie. Slash, like, two scenes from now. Buffy is a vampire slayer. That's true. But she still wants to go cheerlead. Merrick doesn't understand it, but she's going to be... But he goes to the game to support. Yeah, he cares about her. There's a character we meet earlier in the movie that's a basketball player who looks like he's got a family of four at home. He's so old. So old. But he gets turned into a vampire, and he's playing basketball anyway. But the coach doesn't seem to know a lot about basketball, so he doesn't notice that this kid's a vampire, I guess. The coach is legitimately funny. But he's, like, writing plays on the clipboard, and he doesn't know anything about basketball. Like, it's there's just like, different symbols like that don't mean anything. Illuminati sign and a man and woman coupling sign. Infinity, yeah. <laughs> A plus for that guy. Way better than Buffy's mom. But the vampire is going to get kicked out because, you know, he's not being very sportsman. He keeps floating around, which no one seemed to notice. And Ben Affleck is in this movie. We had to pause it. We're like, is that Ben Affleck? He's like a very featured extra. He has a little scene with the vampire playing basketball where he's on camera for like a minute. And yeah, it was like one of Ben Affleck's first roles. He's uncredited. We had to look it up. We're like, there's no way Ben Affleck is in this scene and just handing someone a basketball. But sure enough, he is. So Buffy goes into the game and trips the basketball player, and he runs away, and she's like, I gotta go. He knows I'm the Slayer, which is bad for her if they know she's the Slayer. But we don't really understand how he knows she's the Slayer. She gets on a rando motorcycle. Luke Perry just happens to be on another rando motorcycle and somehow recognizes her in the two seconds it takes her to drive by and follow her. They chase this guy down. They kill him. Buffy fights a couple vampires who just sort of wait around to get their ass kicked. (laughs) I have to say, like, I feel like The Matrix, like, ruined movies for me. Like, I just can't. I can't stand watching these, like, fight scenes in, like, 90s movies. Yeah, when you're watching a fight scene, watch the people that are just waiting to fight next. Like, you could be hitting them in the head with a blunt object right now instead of just dancing around in the background. Hold their arm or something. Like, there's a vampire. Watch this scene. There's a vampire that literally just jumps up and down in place until Buffy gets around to punching them. These need a better fight choreographer. Yeah, and Buffy does so many flips so unnecessarily. Flips are not faster than running. No, and you say this happens in the show, too. But yeah. It's like, you know... You just run to the door. You don't need to do six flips to get there. Unless you're dodging arrows. Or, Stop flipping. I guess when you end it in a kick, maybe that's good. But it also just seems easier to stand and kick. Yeah. Rutger Howard shows up. He's got a name. It's like the Lorax or something it's, like it's, that. <laughs> it's, it's Lothar. Or Mr. L shows up. He like mesmerizes Buffy and is like, come to me. I'm going to kill you. Luke Perry is like very confident to these vampires. He's very Xandery. He wants to like fight these things. He doesn't want to just stand back. I guess he's drunk. Is he? He's he, he drinking to... the whole movie. Yeah, but he seems more sober here. He was about to drive out of town on a motorcycle. True. But yeah, too confident considering... We know this is like the toughest vampire. But then Merrick shows up. And says something like, no, vampire, 
She's not ready. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're never told what that means. No. The only thing that I can think of is that they're waiting until Buffy is like strong enough or skilled enough in her training to like have a good fight with him. They're like Klingons. They needed to be like honorable. Now Rutger is deciding if he's going to kill Buffy, if she's ready enough. And Merrick decides he's going to do the thing he said he'd never do. He's going to intervene because Buffy's special. Because he's known her for two days. Mm. He tries to kill the Lorax himself, and it's pretty emasculating. He, <laughs> he just immediately fails. And, and then he dies. Ugh. And she holds him as he dies, and he tells her some stuff that doesn't really make sense, but like I'm sure it'll come in handy later. Something about the music stopping. We'll get to that. But in the scene, obviously they know Buffy is the Slayer. Yeah, obviously. But then there's another scene coming up where she's walking and talking to Luke Perry and they stop in front of a photo booth and she's telling him she's got to go to the dance. And he's like, you're the chosen one. You, Buffy, who goes to this specific high school at this address. And David Arquette, the vampire, is hiding in the photo booth. So now he knows everything about Buffy, tells this to the Lorax and Pee Wee Herman. And they're like, oh, now we know who it is. But like, I don't know, that's... That seemed crazy to me. They knew who she was in the previous scene. Now they just know her name? Yeah, he's like, she's unmasked. Let's kill her now. Like, what do you mean? You could have asked her who she was in the previous scene. You had her under her spell. Yeah, or like just checked her purse or something for her ID. It was so weird to me that he just didn't kill her in that scene. Like, why play around with this if we're worried about a slayer? Also, I want to point out that there was like a real big missed opportunity in that overhearing scene uh, with Arquette in the photo booth. Because the photos like pop out at the bottom and they like start to develop, but we don't see them. But it would have been really fun to see, like, the photos develop and all we see is, like, a victim in there, like, thrown around. Oh, that's a good idea. Because we wouldn't see the vampire. I'd be like, oh, that's, like, a cool visual thing you can do. So she goes to her dance. She's sad because apparently her boyfriend didn't go to the dance with her. But, like, I didn't expect him to. It seemed like she wasn't into him anymore. Yeah. Do you want to be with this guy even? And then Luke Perry shows up, you know, because an adult can just walk into a dance. No problem. Yeah. Was there no one chaperoning this? He came in from like the side of the gym. Like those doors would not be open. You can't just let adults wander into a child dance. And then a bunch of vampires show up, and then Luke Perry kills a bunch of them. Yeah, he's been making weapons out of windshield scrapers. And then Buffy goes to fight Pee Wee Herman first. That's a funny line when she tells him to clap. Yes, because he can't, because he doesn't have an arm. And then she stabs him, and there's a really long death scene that we think that Pee Wee Herman just, like, improvised on set. Yeah, and they kept it in, or, like, he thought it was funny, and they just, like, let him keep doing it. He just basically doesn't die. He just keeps acting like he's in agony from being stabbed and, like, falling over but not dying. So funny that he's still doing it during the credits. Yeah, I didn't think it was that funny. I mean, it's not like this is the worst joke ever, but, like, they haven't set up that vampires die differently, unlike the Lost Boys. And it's not a particularly funny movie. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, though. But Yeah, but that it, we'll talk about it at the end. And Rucker Howard's like, I'm going to kill you now with my hypnosis because I guess you're ready now the next day. I mean, I don't know. She had to ripen over a day, I guess. Yeah. He's going to kill her, but then she remembers her watcher's nonsense prophecy words. Something about music? Did she, like, hear that the music had stopped at the dance? Yes. The music of the dance stops because Luke Perry is, like, knocked up against, like, a circuit breaker. And she's like, oh, yeah, some vague stuff from earlier. Breaks out of Rucker Howard's trance and uses her keen fashion sense callback to set him in fire, although that apparently has no effect on him whatsoever. Was that her hairspray? 
Yeah. I don't really know what that did other than buy her a little time to run away. Yeah, I wish we like learned all the rules about vampires in this movie because like we don't. Like no. she uses a cross, but he seems to be unaffected, and it's unclear if crosses just don't work or if he's just like over it. Like he's just too strong. But she gets away. Luke Perry's killed a bunch of vampires at this point because you know who needs a slayer when vampires are this weak. Grandma Lorelai wouldn't want women to be slayers. Rucker Howard isn't dead, of course. He shows up. He's got a samurai sword, which is weird. Uh. Oh, yeah. And Buffy grabs a wooden flag and they have a sword fight that sounds like metal clanking instead of metal clanking on wood. They fight for like a little bit and then Buffy kills him with a chair, which is super anticlimactic because it was like you had a really big, cool weapon and then you just like killed him with like a little chair leg. Yeah. So she kills him. Everyone's taking the vampire things pretty well in general. (laughs) The principal's all like giving detention slips to all the dead people, which I was like, are you insane? But then also Luke Perry looks at all these dead vampires. He's like, oh, uh, did I do all this? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, did you do all this? She's like, yeah. But really, he did do all this. Yeah, he did some of it. A lot of it. She killed Rucker Howard, which was great. That's the big thing that needs to happen. But Luke did kill all the other vampires. And they motorcycle off into the sunset. Where are they going? The Sunnydale, I guess. But she didn't burn down the school yet. Yeah, I guess that happens later. Yes, I just feel like this movie doesn't really know what it is. Like, it's not particularly funny. I don't care that they're falling in love. Like, yeah, her other boyfriend sucked, so I'm happy she found someone new. But, like, this guy also kind of sucked. Yeah. They are kind of cute together, but there's no stakes. Yeah. And there's a lot of stakes, but, you know, there's no stakes. <laughs> I think Christy Swanson does a fine job as Buffy, actually. It's very yeah. different than Sarah Michelle Gellar's performance. I almost I, prefer her acting. I would agree, except for I do think Sarah Michelle Gellar is good at some emotional stuff. Sure. I don't know that Christy Swanson isn't. I just mean that I, I would defend Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting and other aspects. There wasn't a lot to be emotional about, except maybe the death of Merrick. Yeah, the guy she met two days ago. Yeah. The pacing of it is so weird. We took another break to make popcorn, and there were 20 minutes left right about after Merrick died. And I was like, so much needs to happen still, but there's so little movie. Like, what have we been doing the first hour of this? Yeah, I think the movie just needed either more comedy or, like, it just needed to justify a lot of the stuff that was happening. What are the vampires' powers? What are they motivation? What does Rucker Howard want to do to Buffy. I know he's got a name. It's like Lethoso. Lothos. Lothos. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but there's just nothing good about it, really. I think the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer is really quite good. And I think this movie just doesn't really compare to the television show. But yeah, I didn't hate this movie. It was still sort of fun to rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a bad time, but I would not recommend. It's not essential to your Buffy journey. No. If you finish all of Buffy and you want more, maybe watch it. Brian, was this a good episode of Buffy? It was a good uh, foundation for some ideas. Yes. But not a great episode of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, no. So which show do you think was better this week? Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I have to agree. It wasn't even a great Gilmore Girls, but they were pretty good. And this one was, like I said, not awful, but I think I enjoyed watching Gilmore Girls more today than I did watching that movie, considering we took a nap and a snack break. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the Buffy movie or this episode of Gilmore Girls, or just let us know what you think of the podcast so far. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star rating so we can get even more people people to listen to the podcast spread the word yeah and feel free to disagree with us maybe you love this movie tell us why i feel like we took a lot of opinionated stances so if you disagree with anything let us know Rewatch the movie first don't do this from memory maybe we were wrong about something we were definitely wrong about all of their names lothos peewee herman lothos rocker howard i know his name is paul rubin i don't know what his character's name was (laughs) it starts with an a You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Gilmore Slayer. 
We've also started doing a lot of things on TikTok at Gilmore Slayer. Also follow us at Brian and Stacy on all those social medias. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY. Or send us an email at Brian and Stacy Reviews at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review things and do sketches and watch movies. We might play board games on there eventually. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween season. We have a lot of horror movie reviews on there. We did, oh my God, two years ago, we tried to do 13 horror movie reviews in 13 days. We did it. It was a lot of work. Work, but they're all still on the internet if you want to check it out. If you're listening to this episode uh, and it's still before November 3rd, get out and vote. Yeah. If you want to watch along next week with us, we're going to be watching Buffy's unaired pilot. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's going to be very interesting. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. We'll also be watching Gilmore Girls Season 1, Episode 19, Emily in Wonderland, as well as Episode 20, P.S. I Love... Whoa. Where's the rest of that sentence? We'll find out. And then we just have one more podcast for the season after that. Yeah, we're going to be watching the season finale of both shows. Thanks a lot for tuning in, guys. Yeah, we miss you. I don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> have a good one, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.